Before we get into this episode, I would like to make a quick disclaimer that all of Society Inspired's interviews and the information we share are 100% for learning experience and to hear the different sides of the various issues we discuss. We never endorse nor support violence and we are committed to promoting peace. I want to create a safe space for learning and comfortable place for people to be able to start to speak. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 18th episode of Society Inspired. My name is Gemma. I'm a 16-year-old Palestinian-American teen, and I am so excited to have Michelle Ibiro as our special guest for episode number 18. Would you like to introduce yourself, tell us your story, and also share your preferred pronouns, please? Okay, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I am honored to be here. My name is Michelle Abiero. I am a Kenyan activist currently living in the US who is extremely passionate about mental health, uh, gender equity, and representation. And my pronouns are she, her. Thank you. Uh, what inspired you to begin being a voice and advocate for mental health discussions? Um, my first introduction to mental health advocacy was when I was about 13 years old. Um, a friend of mine confided in me that they were battling uh, suicidal ideation. And of course, at that age, my first instinct was like, hey, you should probably go reach out to um, a friend or rather like a parent or a teacher and they quickly told me how that they would be met with you know um, stigma and be ridiculed and that's when it kind of dawned on me that there was a problem with how we viewed mental health and how we talked about mental health in Kenya and it wasn't just Kenya alone but it was a global challenge and I realized that something needed to be changed and if I wanted to see a change it had to begin with me Mm. yes and that leads me to my next question how does the stigma around mental health stop people from asking for help yeah um as that is a very important question when it comes to stigma around mental health um, the conversations we have around mental health play a key role on whether people will reach out uh, for help or not. Legislations play a huge role whether people will reach out for help or not. So when we have a society that does not encourage people to reach out for help, whereby we reduce mental illnesses, we make fun of mental illnesses, we, um, we subject people with mental illnesses to ridicule and things of the sort, we have we make it very difficult for anyone who's having a challenge, anyone who's battling through um, difficult times or somebody who may feel like they have a mental illness to reach out for help. Um, making it a very isolating feeling and in at the end of it all just very dangerous and most likely for them not to get help. So how we talk about mental health, our semantics um, around mental health, they matter. Yeah. A lot of it, I feel like, is in the government, too. It's Yeah, a- I do. Yeah, I do have to agree with you there. Um, one of the issues that a lot of mental health activists in Kenya take um, is legislation. One of the legislations, right, and as much as uh, the government is doing its best when it comes to being pro-mental health, is that um, attempted suicide is illegal in Kenya. 
And that makes it hard for anyone who's attempted suicide to get the help that they need because there's this conflicting idea of whether to report to the police. And that um, there's a jail sentence. I'm not too sure how long the jail sentence is. Um, And or a fine. So I don't think anyone who has attempted suicide needs to be met with those two. And it's, you know, as you said, how legislations, the legislations around mental health matters. Wow, I did not know that. That's crazy. Uh, What are some signs to notice if someone in your life is struggling with their mental health and what would be some ways to support them in that? Yeah, I think that's a very important question. When it comes to signs that someone is struggling with their mental health, they is reduced activity or reduced um yeah, reduced activity in things that they once enjoyed. So if you see somebody who you care about that not going for activities that they used to enjoy things of the sort, that is a sign that they're struggling from mental health. So they just seem with their mental health. So that means they seem very withdrawn. Um their social activities, as I've said, will be they will most likely not be conversing with people as much as possible. Um mm-hmm. there's also the element of, you know, not being proactive in terms of taking care of their own well-being so they yeah. might not be waking up on time they might not be able to leave their bed to go for a shower or brush their teeth and these are very these are signs of someone being in a depressive episode so it's important to note um when all of these things are happening um it's also important to note that um sometimes when somebody is struggling with suicidal ideation that they may um at one point, like if they just came out of being very sad and all of a sudden have this burst of energy, that it could be a sign that they are like in the final stages of making like a plan in terms of attempting suicide. So of course, be on the watch out for that. Um, and I think given that the nationwide suicide hotlines, uh, it's important to just reach out for help and talk to somebody. Yeah. So being aware of everything, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you are one of the founders of Mao. Could you please tell us more about that? Okay. So Mao is a nonprofit that aims to raise awareness on mental health and suicide. And the reason why um, I started Mile with my friends was that we saw how we discussed mental health in the country. Um, and I knew that needed to change. I knew we needed to be informed about mental illnesses. And it's the same way that you know the symptoms of a cold, um, the symptoms of a flu. It's the same way we also need to know symptoms of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder, knowing that people do suffer from this and this does not make them, um, this does not, does not make them like a bad person because the way we've discussed these things we vilify people with mental illnesses so it was shifting that narrative and Mm -hmm. um talking about it from a perspective of whereby this can affect your loved ones these are the causes of mental illnesses and this is how we can create a supportive community for people with mental illnesses yes um 
How can someone join FMAL and contribute towards mental health growth and awareness? Okay, thank you so much for that um, question. So to join FMAL, um, we have the FMAL volunteer program. So of course, it is not possible to run the entire thing that we do by ourselves. So yeah. um, people can volunteer to join us um, and that is on our website www.fmile.org um, so you know fmile.org um, there's also the ability for you to start a chapter in your own city um, and that's kind of just spearheading like activities in your city that you want to um, talk about when it comes to mental health so that could be eating disorders that could be um imposter syndrome like you could be doing activities around all of these things that are around mental health or things that you're interested in so there's that um and if you just generally want to contribute towards mental health activism as i said it's also the small things that matter so it could be just how you discuss mental health with your friends or family yeah. so it's creating like a safe space whereby people feel comfortable enough reaching out to you um, to talk about mental health. And it's also creating a space whereby you feel comfortable reaching out to people when you're not um, doing well, when you're struggling with your own mental health. Yes. What is our next step to reversing stereotypes about mental health? Okay. Um, in terms of reversing stereotypes around mental health, I think stereotypes arise when there's only like one story told. I think this is a word I'm borrowing from um, The Danger of a Single Story by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Um, but in that TED talk, she does bring up the idea of when one story is told of like a single person, a group of people and things of the sort, that is the only idea of them that we have. So when it comes to stereotypes, we need to show different variations of what, you know, for example, living with ADHD looks like. Not everyone with ADHD looks the same. That's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It does not affect them all the same way. Um, it's us talking about how, for example, autism spectrum disorder it's like in this name is suggested it's a spectrum and it looks very, very different on everyone. It's like creating more and more narratives for people suffering from this condition or living with these mental illnesses to be able to talk about their own narrative and not there being a single narrative around mental health conditions. Yeah, and I wanna add on a question. What can we do to fight the stereotypes in the government about mental health? Because I feel like that adds a lot into how we even can access mental health. It, it mm -hmm. can take a lot away or stop people from getting help. Mm -hmm. um as in terms of like mental health activism i think there is still a lot to be done especially when it comes to government so the i think the best route of action when it comes to changing governments and asking them to you know be more inclusive of mental health and mental illnesses is again you know with activism it may seem small it may seem um impossible but the small steps of radical and non-radical activism does lead to transformative things so um this looks like 
us not viewing mental health resources or us changing how we view mental health resources in school. So most of the times when we have mental health resources in school, ten it tends to be this whole idea of preventing liability on the school instead of actually taking proactive care of children within the school. So that's like the first problem we have when it comes to mental health within schools, right? Mental yeah. health within um you know when you're working it's like actually ensuring that there is paid leave in case somebody is like struggling with their mental health needs time off this means also um when it comes to the healthcare system normalizing it that it's okay to be admitted into hospital for psychiatric help um things of the sort and that means also you know shifting how insurances talk about mental health so yeah. i know some insurances do not cover therapy and that in itself is a problem so once you know there are changes to the legislation when it says like hey there like you know insurances are mandated to cover therapy it's such things that shift um mm. how the government looks at it as, and at, at the end of it all we're the ones who are able to at least make the government see that these are issues as citizens and as people living um here in general are like suffering from yes um are there any resources you'd like my followers to read watch listen to i'll include smile already in there thank you so much um i would say for any resources when it comes to mental health uh your first resource ed- every time i would say is definitely um, a professional so you know psychiatrist and all of that and i there are several pages that do raise awareness on mental illnesses i just they're not coming to the top of my mind right now um but i would say like a great resource uh, for learning about mental illnesses um for me has been like webmd um it also has been project semicolon um just learning more from that like having interactions with that and there are um, definitely uh youtubers who do talk about their mental health um struggle so i believe there's somebody who has a, the channel how to adhd um which has been vital in terms of understanding like what to do if you have adhd uh there is i believe this channel called psych central or not I'm, i do not remember the name quite um, well but um they have this really cute animated videos that talk about different mental health issues they like you know would talk about um signs of like childhood trauma um you know attachment style such things that do affect our day to day lives and that are very important in terms of us understanding ourselves and understanding our interpersonal relationships with others um so yeah those are some of the resources i recommend Okay, those will all be linked below. And lastly, where can my followers find you on social media so they can keep up with you? Okay, um, where you can find me on Instagram is uh, Twitter and TikTok are at IamAbiero. I am fairly active on all social media platforms, especially Instagram. On Instagram, I do talk a lot about um mental health one two i also touch on living with epilepsy and with living with epilepsy it also comes with its own unique set of challenges as epilepsy to a huge extent has also affected my mental health and i do share my journey on that and i do love you know dabbling here and there on different social issues so i whatever interests me is pretty much what i'll talk about great okay well thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview Make sure you follow Michelle 
on all social media platforms and check out Smile and make sure to follow our other social media platforms as well so you don't miss out on more interviews and important information. I hope you enjoyed the 18th episode of Society Inspired and we will see you guys next time.